Okay, Boker Tov. Today is our final installment of the Biyam Darkech on the Holiday of Sukkos. So we're going to finish up the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah. If we have a little more time, we'll do some other few things about sukkahs as well. And we said yesterday the whole point of going into the sukkah is that after An Yom Kippur, we went out of this world to understand that Hashem is Enod Malvado, the source of all reality. And therefore, what Hashem wants us is when we re-enter into the world, we re-enter into the world living in that reality with the das and the feeling of that and that you're surrounded by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In other words, instead of a drastic shift from the holy shul to the street, instead we go from the shul into the synagogue. And as we're going into the world, we're going into the world the way it's supposed to be. And we live in the sukkah reality, which is living in this world, eating and doing everything a human being does as a physical being. But you do it now with the awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in every aspect of your life. Which leads us now to the Ushpizin, the holy guests that are at our table. Some people would have a custom to have an extra chair that was empty for the Ushpizin. Now, the Ushpizin are the seven holy visitors and each day one of the visitors leads the entourage in. And there were great, great Kabbalists who some maintained they actually could see the presence of the holy guest while the uh, Kutzke Rebbe said, I'm on a higher level. I believe that they're here. I don't have to see them. I believe that they're here. Anyway, so let's discuss this idea as well. So uh, there are people who figure the idea of the Ushpizen is only for great tzaddikim. But the truth is it's not so. It's something that is appropriate for each and every Jew. And even if someone does not merit to see the holy Ushpizen, still all he needs to know that the main thing that they are coming for is to bestow upon us, upon every Jew, a flow of spiritual energy that will enable us to achieve their midos. And there should be a way that we can enter their pathway in the way of Avodah Hashem. And therefore, even though in a general way, the entire Chag of Sukkot is to illuminate the Das, the reality of the name of Hashem of Aleph Hei Yud Hei, which is feeling and yearning for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the general, but still each day arouses a unique spiritual energy for that day. And therefore, we'll quickly run through the seven days and the seven energies, just like we did with the Lulav and Esrog. We keep pounding that in, in every possible way. When we're shaking the Lulav and Esrog, we're thinking about the seven spheros and each day that sphere for there and the same thing as we're in the sukkah obviously there's it's two different venues one's the venue of the synagogue 
that has more, quote-unquote, a holy environment. And the sukkah, quote-unquote, is a mundane environment relative to the synagogue. So we have to internalize that message both in shul and both in the home, as it were. So on the first day, which is the attribute of chesed, the sphere of chesed, so Avram Avinu is the chariot of that. And during the entire day, and specifically when you're in the sukkah, we should enter in that avoda of feeling the attribute of chesed, which the inner content of chesed is love. As the Pasuk says, Hashem refers to Avraham as Avraham o Havai. Avraham, my beloved. And love includes love of Hashem, love of Torah, and love of the Jewish people. And by going into the sukkah and having this in mind, a person can acquire this attribute. And that's what it means in a certain context to merit to see Avram Avinu. Now, obviously, you're not going to see a picture of Avram Avinu. But it means that you're bonding with Hashem via the pathway that Avram bounded with Hashem. That's, that's what you're trying to achieve, to really feel the Elokei Avraham. It's my God in that method of con- kindness. And therefore, you're feeling God's kindness to you, that love he has for you, and you're feeling that love you have for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, so that is the Indian, and therefore, obviously, you're going to do things, acts of kindness. That's what the day is all about, acts of kindness. And probably the biggest act of kindness is to have a guest in your sukkah. If you have guests in your sukkah that can't, and there are great tzaddikim, who would have like the the lowest types of people as the guests, okay? Even even people you know, uh, people who are unemployed and uh, not exactly the uh, stablest people of all. And when people will wonder why did such great Hasidic rebbes have these guests, they say, "Am I any better than Avram Avinu, who took in three Arabs to be guests?" But anybody who you can bestow kindness and love to is uh, is fulfillment of that mitzvah. Not in Goyim too? Well, in those days, no, you don't bring a Goy into the sukkah. But, but in those days, there was, it wasn't the same thing. Yeah. He was trying to teach the world about God. Now the Goyim have totally rejected God. So there's no, there's no aspect to bring a Goy into So bring a secular Jew in. Second day, is the meat of Gvura, which is Yitzchak Avinu, and the inner content of that, we said, is Yira Shemayim. And that is Yitzchak, who is referred to as Pachat Yitzchak, and all the three aspects that are of Yira Shemayim. Lowest level is fear of punishment. The next level is fear of doing a sin that would hurt the relationship and distance yourself from Hashem. And the third is the awe we have of God's greatness. On the third day, we do the meat of Tiferes, which is mainly Yaakov. And the inner aspect of Tiferes is Tveikus to Hashem, is clinging to Hashem, as we explained at great length yesterday. And therefore, more than that, 
anything that would appear to disturb your dvekus of Hashem, what you should do is incorporate it within the dvekus of Hashem. In other words, let's say, you know, it's Yom Kippur and your children are just being obnoxious and it's being very hard to go to shul and this and that and figure they're disturbing my service to Hashem. That's what you could think. And therefore you have to say, no, this is part of the dveikus. Why? Because everything is from Hashem. Mm -hmm. And anything that has happened that appears to disturb my dveikus Hashem, that's not, that's not. It's like, so to speak, a basco, a heavenly voice that's saying exactly what the rest of Hashem is. Okay? And therefore, and, and deeper to reflect that everything that Hashem produces for you, that is, Hashem is that reality. So, for example, let's say women who have to take care of the little children on Yom Kippur. And they can't go to shul the whole day. So they could mistakenly feel very distant from Hashem. But you got to say, no, if my job is to take care of my children, that's exactly where Hashem wants me, and that's where exactly Hashem is. And I'm double to Hashem over there too. And when you're learning Torah, you should say, I'm learning Torah to cling to God, because that's the inner aspect of Hashem's reality, is His Torah. And therefore, also, we have to distance ourselves from anything that is the opposite of the will of Hashem, and to run away from things that will blemish that dveikus you have with Hashem. And of course, the biggest thing you should run away from is arrogance. Because Hashem says, me and him, me and the arrogant person, cannot live in the same world. So you have to work on your arrogance as well. That is for day three. Okay. Uh... Day four, we said is the meat of Netzach, victory, and that is Moshe Rabbeinu is the guest. Even though Moshe also brings in a tremendous level of Da'as, which we're not going to go into now, but that's what he really teaches us, Da'as, and the panemius of that is Tiferes, etc. But in the part of the Ushbizin, he's considered Netzach. Now, Netzach is victory, Netzach is being able to keep fighting the Yetzir Hara and to succeed in what you're trying to do. Now, on the surface, it would say, well, where's Netzach with Moshe Rabbeinu? Well, whatever Moshe touched was eternal. He brought us the Torah. Torah is eternal. Torah is Moshe. It's eternal. The reason he could not take us into Eretz Yisrael and build the Beis HaMikdash is because if he built the Beis HaMikdash, it could never be destroyed. Because whatever he built is permanent. And if Beis Mish couldn't be destroyed, then the Jews would have to be destroyed instead. But the Mishkan that he built and the, and the Luchos that he built were forever. They're concealed, but they're somewhere around. But then in footnote, Reishtal, he mentions a very interesting thing that we may not have considered. Torah doesn't tell us very much about Moshe until he's 80 years old. You only have one or two stories in the beginning when he's 20. The two stories the Torah mentions, that's it. You don't hear from him for 60 years. So what's going on over here? But the Medrash tells us all kinds of uh, tests he had. 
He went to a faraway country, became the king of a faraway country, had a lot of spiritual tests. And for years and years, he had overcome those tests. And uh, therefore, that's where the real Netzach comes. Now, even though when he was born, the Shekhinah was with him, as the Medrash says, the house was full of light because his source of his soul was from a very big place. But then that light went away from him and he had to make a lot of work to bring it back. And through that effort and, and fighting over the Yitzhahara, he was able to reach that level. There's a great debate about Moshe Rabbeinu, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. A great debate. There's a famous, uh, well, um, medrash, so to speak, that discusses, and there's two, two uh, I'll just the Rishonim, there's two versions, and that's the issue over here. That uh, there was a great king from a faraway country who heard about Moshe Rabbeinu, but he never saw him. So he hired an artist to go and paint a portrait of Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe paint, and the guy painted a portrait. He brings it back to the king. Then the king took one of his, what's the word, uh, a person who has the ability to uh, read faces and to tell by the face what kind of person it is. So he hires a guy to read the faces. And he comes back to the king and he says, listen, this person is the most vile, wicked person in the world. Whoa. <laughs> so the king says, I don't understand. Either the painter messed up, the artist painted, or, or this guy messed up. Each one said, no, I painted him exactly the way I saw him. It's exactly what he looks like. Right? guy says, I'm telling, describing, based on my knowledge, this is what he would be. So the king said, I don't know what to do. I guess the king says, he's going to go and see Moshe Rabbeinu himself. So the king goes to Moshe Rabbeinu and he tells him the story. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, they're both right. I was born with a tendency to want to be very wicked. But I had to work hard to overcome those mitos to be who I am. So anyway, so there's one uh, source that brings down as Moshe Rabbeinu. An earlier source brings it as, quote, a great rabbi and not Moshe Rabbeinu. So there's a great debate if we could say this about Moshe Rabbeinu or not. Some say, how could you say it about Moshe Rabbeinu? It says the, the, the house was filled with light. He had a special soul. How could you say there was evil in him? While others, like we're seeing over here, are saying he may have had that special light, but we don't know what happened for 60 years. And 60 years, he could have had a lot of challenges. And therefore, that would seem to make more sense because that really shows the Netzach. He had to fight. He had to fight the Yetzirah. And he did. And he became the great Moshe Rabbeinu that he is. Okay. The why, fifth... wouldn't, why wouldn't they describe exactly his fights? That's no. so important. Moshe Rabbeinu who, to who, get rid of all these should... We should learn from that. That would be a great lesson for us all. Well, yeah, you could right. learn that from other people. I mean, he succeeded, so obviously... He did the right thing. We, we don't associate him with any of the bad things because he's... Well, yes. So again, I would say because regarding Moshe's initial introduction is only vis-a-vis -vis the going out of Egypt. Right. Going out of Egypt, God's the, the main actor, the main character. Yeah. Moshe Rabbeinu, we don't want to 
play so much on his character and when Hashem is, is taking us out of Egypt. He but he was but, the instrument Hashem used. Yeah, that's it. So let's just look at the instrument. Yeah. Let's not look at more. You know, because at, well, the focus is Hashem took us out of Egypt. That's okay. what Moshe is even mentioned in the Haggadah. So, okay, we mentioned Moshe, what we need to mention him vis-a-vis the Exodus from Egypt. We can go to the Midrashim to find other deeper ideas. So that's, uh, but, and there's, uh, for many people, you can learn people, you can learn from others uh, how to have Netzach as well. Okay, the fifth one is hold. Day five is hold. Literally means splendor, and that's Aaron. And the inner aspect of that is confessing the reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, the Avodah is to praise Hashem for all the good that Hashem brings him, that, and, and that everything that he has, all his success, comes from Hashem, and not to take credit for yourself, but rather to say it is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And since you admit and recognize the truth, so therefore you're recognizing that all reality is only Hashem and He's the one who controls and directs and leads and brings existence to all of what's in the world. He's the source of all reality. And when you live that way, so you have to admit that it's all from Hashem. Okay? And therefore, a person like that doesn't relate any things that happen for other external um, reasons, but he's constantly seeing the hand of Hashem, and he's not arrogant when he succeeds. And also, he'll thank Hashem for everything that happens, even if it may appear to be bad, because it all comes from Hashem. And Aaron certainly displayed that in many ways. He displayed that when Moshe would come to Egypt, and Moshe said, I can't be the leader. It's going to be hurting Aaron's feelings. So Hashem says, don't have to worry. He'll be very happy to see you. Now, why would he be very happy? Because he knows it's from Hashem. Remember, you praise Hashem not only if he does good things to you, but he does good things for the Jewish people, even though I'm not going to be the leader. I'm not going to be the leader. And therefore, that's important that that hold reflects that uh, concept that with the victory, you show a tremendous amount of humility for that. And that was certainly Aaron's uh, talent, and that's how he's able to make so much shalom between people, being able to self-efface before people who are arguing with each other and bringing out that reality. He created so much shalom bias in the world. And when there isn't shalom bias, it, it conceals the greatness of Hashem. So when he's able to bring shalom bias for a husband and a wife, that brings out the covenant of Hashem. And that's the idea, to let it all be brought out. And that's why it's a buffer for that. The sixth day is the meeting of Yesod, the, which is the foundation, which is the bonding. And that's Yosef. Again, the inner aspect of Yesod, we said, is bonding, which means that even though the third midah of Tiferes is clinging to Hashem, but maybe only cling to Hashem when times are good. A bond, as we know, is a bris. A bris is a covenant. And a covenant means that we stay together no matter what. Through thick and thin, that's a bris. Okay? 
And therefore, you continue to remain bonded even if you're not in the mood for that. And therefore, you have to do things to have you feel and, 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 and act as loyal to Hashem under all situation and to run away from anything that would tie you to, unfortunately, the klipos, the external husks of non-reality that is not the will of Hashem. And therefore, we also mention the idea of Yesod is how we deal with pleasures in the world. Human being is built to have pleasure. And usually we feel connected to pleasures. And Yesod says we connected a pleasure of being with Hashem and we stay away from pleasures that are not connected to Hashem. That's the sixth day. And finally, the seventh day, when we usher in Dovid HaMelech, that is the idea of Malchus, royalty. And the inner aspect of royalty is to bring out into reality the Avodas Hashem through emuna, tefillah, and accepting the yoke of heaven. And where it's the final result is that everybody knows that it's Hashem. And every day, okay, so those are the seven. And every day we have to work on our souls to acquire the midah of that day more and more on a level of you really feeling that reality to receive the light of that tzaddik. So therefore, they become our role models. Therefore, we have to talk about these great tzaddikim and surround ourselves in a physical environment of the sukkah and say, how would Avram have behaved in the sukkah today? How would Yitzchak have behaved in the sukkah today? All right? Yitzchak has Mesiris Nefesh. Let's say. Yiris Hashem is Mesiris Nefesh. So, what if it's a little bit chilly in the sukkah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of them is a little mysterious nefesh. Not, not about raining or something like that. It's a little chilly, so put on a coat. Well, it's, it's easier for me to be in the house. That's easier to be in the house, but it's a mitzvah every second to be in the sukkah. So each one has that aspect. Okay. And you have to pray for this, do actions that reflect it, distance yourself from things that take you away from it. Because you really want to acquire that meter. <coughs> so every Jew, when he sits in the sukkah, and certainly when he's learning Torah in the sukkah, he has to bring in the avoda of that day for every sphere for that, and to reflect on it, and daven in it, and then you'll merit to have it. And he says, everyone is able to merit these great acquisitions through the power of these days, through the power of the four species, the tefillah, being in the sukkah, and the ushpizin who are there to help you. They want to help each and every one of us to make that goal, so to speak. And you should know that if you don't feel anything at all, you were trying, you have to believe that you received it. And it may come a little bit later. But you made the efforts, you tried, and that's the main thing that Hashem wants. Okay, and finally... The Rizal brings down that since the sukkah is like a hug, because it has to have two walls and uh, a little more, so that's the arm, wall one, wall two, and a little more, since a hug, so therefore, the main avoda, of, and that is the main avoda of sukkahs, and therefore, lichat chila, if it's possible, you should shake your little vanesrug in the sukkah, within the hug, which is actual love in being evident. And therefook, we already said that the sukkah is like the or hamakif, the surrounding light.
that a person feels in general about the greatness of Hashem. And with the Luluv, you bring in the inner light, the uh, the Orpanimi that comes inside, and then you have the complete package in that. If it's not convenient, whatever, okay, but that would be that idea. All right, we got another five minutes. So there's a lot more, but it gets very, very hard. The next chapter, when he reviews all the Avodah, it gets very deep, and I think it's a little bit too much for us to digest. So what I want to just discuss a little bit is about Hoshana Rabba. Okay, seventh day of Sukkot is called Hoshana Rabba. And what do we do? The custom is you take the five uh, willows and you smash them on the ground. We go around the bima seven times. Okay, that is the Ushpizin of David. So what's the connection of all these things? And also we say that today is, that day is the Gemar, the final sealing, the Gemar HaChatima. That uh, at, really they say, Bechatzos HaLayla, in the middle of the night, Nechtam Hadin, the judgment is done. And uh, what, what does all this mean? I mean, it's certainly it's not finished totally. You've got the whole um, Hoshana Rabbah. But what's going on over here? And it's also a day of Simcha. Yom Simcha Sein is part of this man Simcha Sein, yet it has a very serious nature. We're crying out, Hoshan, Hoshan, Hoshan. So the basic answer that he says, the Arizal says, that there's me, two chasimot, two ceilings. The chasim of Yom Kippur, mm-hmm. remember, Rosh Hashanah is the judgment, but Yom Kippur is this seal, it gets sealed. But then you say, Hoshan is another seal, so how can you seal twice? So the Arizal says Yom Kippur is called Chosem Yisod. It's the seal on the sixth meter of Yisod. Mm-hmm. And Rabba is the seal of the seventh meter of Malchus. And what does that mean? Well, one thing you know, that a seal, okay, and the seal of Yisod is the potential decision. In other words, it's like the judge says, this is the decision I made. Now, he has to take that down to the clerk, and the clerk has to take it to the magistrate or whatever, whatever. they got to write it down and mail it out. So there's a long way from the decision till the end. So, therefore, on Yom Kippur, Hashem, uh, it's Yisod, the foundation. The, the, after looking into everything, he said, this is the decision. But when it actually transpires, that's malchus. That's when you're giving it to the messengers to carry it out. So therefore, it can still change, even if he decided. But then he could say, wait, call them back. You've got a new witness. Call them back. Something, new evidence came up. Call them back. So therefore, and all the seals depend on the avoda of the person. How much he himself seals himself to HaKadosh Baruch So you have to know what type of seal is it. Yom Kippur is a seal of Yesod, bonding. That's the bris. And Malchus, and, Yom, and Hoshan Rabbah is the seventh day, which is Malchus, which is, okay, how do we then bring it out into actual reality and how it manifests to God in this world? 
So therefore you have to do your avoda based on the seal that you're dealing with. And the Yom Kippur, the seal is in Yisod, so you have to do tshuva on the areas of Yisod. And what's Yisod? Those are in Yom of Kedusha, of holiness. Yisod, I'm bonded to Hashem, I'm focused to Hashem, my only pleasure is Hashem, there is no other pleasure, and I don't go to deviant pleasures. And that's where the whole idea is of, of sexuality in these things. Of Yisod, the bris over there, where your eyes are looking, what your mouth is saying. Are you getting pleasure from something else or from Hashem? So now Hashem is going to make a seal based on what do you decide. And that's what we said. When we come to the Ela, especially you have to mamish, be thinking of how you want to be involved in Kedusha. And that and, and the decision you make or made on the end of Yom Kippur, that and Yisod is the sixth and second last one. It puts the whole package together. Everything you've been dealing with, it all depends on you want to bond with Hashem completely or not. So if you make a chasimah that you want to bond with Hashem, Hashem makes a chasimah that says, I will bond with you too. Now we got to send it out. And Hashanah Rabbah, the seal now is a seal of malchus. And now you have to see yourself with aspects of malchus. And what are the behaviors that show the aspect of malchus? Emuna, faith, and tefillah and prayer. And therefore you have to strengthen yourself in, in all those situations, we have difficult situations with clear emunah of ain old Melvado other than Hashem. Okay? And if you see that there's, uh, that sometimes it appears that that truth of ain Hashem seems to be contradicted, external realities seem to be different, you shouldn't fall and hold strong with the amuna and fila. And that means screaming out from your heart. Okay, that's the Malchus, to reveal the reality of Hashem practically down in this world. There is nothing else. And there were this seal is how much have you sealed in yourself to accept and believe and to feel that everything that happens to you is all from Hashem and from nothing else. And that causes the sealing to be for the good. And therefore the main avoda of Shanarabha uh, is Tefillah, emuna and tefillah, where you're crying out, Hoshana, Hoshana, you're saying it seven times 22, 26. So I don't know, you figured out that, it's a close to 200 times. And then you say, oh, there's a lot of tefillahs, it's a long davening. It's like a young tefillah. A lot of people want to rush through it. No, it should take a long time. That we should merit, that we should never leave Hashem for a moment. And therefore, and the seven times you go around, you're trying to reaffirm the seven spheros that come from that. And when you've totally bound yourself up to that, even though it's very serious, but there's a great simcha to know that I'm totally loyal to Hashem, and therefore Hashem will be loyal to me. And finally, when you pick up the Arav, the idea of taking the Aravas and smashing them down, the holy books write, the Arizal writes, there's two aspects. When you, raise, when you think about it now, you're going to take the five, the, the, which would represent your five levels of soul, represent everything of you. You know, Aravas, when they're disconnected from a source of water, they drop very fast. And if I'm disconnected from Hashem, I drop very fast. Now, when you take the Aravas, you have to, first you go up, and then down. That's how you should do it. Not 
Let's see the rubbers. No, not like that. Up and down. Up and down. So when you're lifting up, it's as if you want to be kissing HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when you get the kiss, then you come down and you bring it down into the world. In other words, up is like Hashem is showing, I love you, okay? And then now I'm going to bring it down into the earth. I'm going to smash all the negative things about the earth. The earth in this is smashed. And because I want to receive this power from Hashem, that I can push away the earthly things and be totally bound up to Hashem. Or you're humbling yourself before Hashem. So therefore, that's the critical final, final aspect where you want to feel totally bound up with Hashem. I go up. Now that I have what Hashem has to give me, and with that, I smash any earthliness away from me and I feel a sense of humility for that. And with that, we conclude. And that's the great simcha that comes on Hashem Rabbah. And then Hashem makes the final seal. That's the final seal. What's going to be Lamaisa? So therefore, we have until then. Okay, Yashukayach, perfect.